Good morning for Thursday, December 1st, 2011. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page this morning. Egypt voting shows Islamist mandate. Six central banks act to buy time in Europe crisis and tax increases aimed at 2012 California ballot. In today's national news, Occupy camps are gone, but slogan stands. Judy Lewis, daughter of Hollywood royalty, dies, and Kane stays defiant amid questions about sexual conduct. In this morning's financial news, the Dow was up 490 points, or four and a quarter percent yesterday. It opens this morning at 12,045 and two-thirds. Markets surge on action by central banks. Boeing and Machinist Union reach a four-year deal, and a digital ad executive to head Times Magazine unit. More business stories ahead, along with more national and world news, the latest from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristof. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is reported from Cairo. It's titled, Egypt Voting Shows Islamist Mandate, written by David Kirkpatrick. Islamists claimed a decisive victory Wednesday as early election results put them on track to win a dominant majority in Egypt's first parliament since the ouster of Hosni Mubarak, the most significant step yet in the religious movement's rise since the start of the Arab Spring. The party formed by the Muslim Brotherhood, Egypt's mainstream Islamist group, appeared to have taken about 40% of the vote as expected. But a big surprise was the strong showing of ultra-conservative Islamists called Salafis, many of whom see most popular entertainment as sinful and reject women's participation in voting or public life. Analysts in the state-run media said early returns indicated that Salafi groups could take as much as a quarter of the vote giving the two groups of Islamists combined control of nearly 65% of the parliamentary seats. That victory came at the expense of the liberal parties and youth activists who sparked the revolution, affirming their fears that they would be unable to compete with Islamists who emerged from the Mubarak years organized with an established following. Poorly organized and internally divided, the liberal parties could not compete with Islamists disciplined by decades as the sole opposition to Mubarak, we were washed out, said Shadi al-Ghazli Harb, one of the most politically active of the group. Although this week's voting took place in only a third of Egypt's provinces, they included some of the nation's most liberal precincts, like Cairo, Port Said, and the Red Sea coast, suggesting that the Islamist wave is likely to grow stronger as the voting moves into more conservative rural areas in the coming months. Alexandria, a conservative stronghold, also has voted, the preliminary results extend the rising influence of Islamists across a region where they were once outlawed and oppressed by autocrats aligned with the West. Islamists have formed governments in Tunisia and Morocco. They're positioned for a major role in post-Qaddafi Libya as well. But it is the victory in Egypt, the largest and once the most influential Arab state, an American ally considered a linchpin of regional stability, that has the potential to upend the established order across the Middle East. Islamist leaders, many jailed for years under Mubarak, were exultant. We abide by the rules of democracy and accept the will of the people, Issam el-Aryan, a leader of the Brotherhood's new party, wrote in the British newspaper The Guardian. There will be winners and losers, but the real and only victor is Egypt. 
Results will not be final until January after two more rounds of voting. And the ultimate scope of the new parliament's power remains unclear because Egypt has remained under military rule since Mubarak resigned as president in February. But the parliament's expected to play a role in drafting a new constitution with the ruling military council.